Okay, Rabbi Sai, good morning. Thank, thank everybody for calling in. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put everybody on mute. And if anybody would like to ask a question, they're welcome to dial star six. If by any chance, sometimes this happens, if nobody's able to hear my voice, then please call me seven seven three. Two six two five four one three. Two six two five four one three. I'm going to mute everybody now. If you cannot hear my voice, please call me immediately on my other line. Okay, Rabbi Sice, everybody right now is muted. You can unmute yourself by pressing star six. Please, in case you cannot hear me, call me on my phone at two six two five four one three. Okay. I, first of all, I thank the women who called and said that they would like to have a shear on uh, Pirkei Avos, number one. Number two, uh, <laughs> okay, we just finished our sixth Shabbos of this extraordinary situation, and uh, I'm hoping that as Hashem Yisbarak, we should be able to see each other soon. And, um, and number three, this is the uh, 33rd year of uh, learning Pirkei Avos. And the way we learn Pirkei Avos is um, we try to learn a Mishnah or two from each Perik until Shavuos. And then once we pass Shavuos, we go back to where we're up to in our learning V'ion of Pirkei Avos. We are beginning the summer of inspiration in memory of uh, Rashi Schnell, Allah Shalom, who was a participant in many of our Shi'urim. And this is all part of the Erika Nida Mayor Women's Learning Division of Adas Yeshurin. So welcome everybody. And again, if anybody wants to ask any questions, they're welcome to do so by pressing star six. If you have a um, a Pirkei in front of you, we are beginning with Perik Aleph, Mishnah Aleph. I have my Yochin uh, Bayez Mishnayis, as we always learn from that Mishnayis. I also have um, the Oscroll. In case anybody has the page, you can tell me the page. I can announce it to everybody else. Um, but I have the Oscar right here, so I'll... And the Oscar English, 544. Okay, very good. We're getting with 544. Let us begin. Five forty-four. Now the Mishnah starts off and says, "Moshe Kibbal Torah Misina Mesorah Yeshua." The famous Mishnah: "For Yeshua is a Kainim, is a Kainim Leviim, Leviim Asur Leanshikei Sagedoyla, Heinam Rushleish Shadvarim." And they said three things: "Heavy Masunim Bedin, Vemidu Talmidim Harbe, Vasusi Yoglu Torah." This is the Messiah of Torah, and they said these three statements, which we are not going to discuss today. But what the Mishnah is telling us is this incredible. Messiah, and then the first Tana mentioned in Shas, the earliest recorded statement at the beginning of the second base of Migdash is Shimon Atzadik, who was the Kohen Gadol and the Nasi of Klal Yisrael. Shimon Atzadik, he was the leftover people, one of the few leftover people, one of the survivors, if you want to call it that. From the Anshe Knesset that August body at the beginning of the second base of Migdash, who wrote the, among other things, they wrote the Nusach for all of our Shimon Esrays. Who are And he would constantly say, Al Shloisha Devarim Oilam 
The world stands on three concepts. The world stands on Torah and Avaida and Gemilos Chasod. Now that is the first Mishnah in the first parish. If somebody could please announce the page for the last Mishnah in the first parish. The last Mishnah starts off with the words of Shem Megamlil Oimer. Anybody see it there? Or I can tell you the page myself. Hold on here. Somebody wants to tell me the number? Okay. I'll tell you. Page 548. 548. The last Mishnah, page 548. Our Shlesha Devarim Ha'olam Kaim. Now, it says the world stands on three things. Aladin Vial Emes Sholom. And the tour asked the question. Well, you started off the parak by saying it there are three things. Torah Sasadim. And now you end up the parak by saying three things. So which one is it? So the tour says that there's a difference in the word. That is a shaila in the text, but the tour says, the world stands, meaning the world was created with the power of three things. That's the purpose of the world. That's what the world was created. Then, the last Mishnah says, The world is maintained by three things. Din, Emes, and Sholem. Din, Emes, and Sholem. Din, Emes, and Sholem. Din means paskining Shilohs between two people. Emes means people maintaining truth when it comes to what they own or what other people own, we all show them, obviously, is peace. So when there's din and when there's emes, when there's a din Torah, which is emes, that creates shalom, whether people like it or not, if they admit to the fact that the bezin is the power to determine what the din is and the bezin is passing with emes, that will result in shalom. Okay. The tour, however, after the asking this kasha, Sorry for stepping out of the way for a second. The tour then says an amazing thing. I'm going to get my tour in Rabbeinu Yaina. Okay. The tour's Lushin, when he answers this kasha, the tour is the son of the Rush. The tour wrote the first Shulchan Aruch, if you want to call it that. He divided Shulchan Aruch into four categories, the four categories that we constantly use. And the Torah says, excuse me one more second here. The Torah asks this kasha, and the Torah says, Kol Adon Din which is a Chazal, Anybody who judges a din correctly, he becomes a partner with a Kaddish Baruch Hu in Baruchus, a Pella. Because a partner with a Kaddish Baruch Hu in Maisa Baruchus. Why? Because a Kaddish Baruch Hu Baruch Ha'ilam Lios Kaim. A Kaddish Baruch Hu built the world. He created a world that it should be Kaim. Should be established. It should continue. For a Shoim should goyzlim bechoimsim, and people who steal. They destroy the world. They destroy the world. What an unbelievable thing. They destroy the world. Nimsa shall die in a Meshabez Royas Romay Sur Shom, the judge 
who puts the world back together, so to speak, by giving the money back to the people who belong, who it belongs to. Lokech miyadam, umakzira lobaylov, mekayem ha'ilom. That person is maintaining the world. The goyim lahashlam rotsad ha'bayre is barach. He becomes a part of the Baruch Hu in the world. The Rabbeinu Yaina says, in the beginning of Pirkei Ovis, Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai, he says, that means the Torah Shavu'al Peh, the Torah Shavu'al and call, he says, Loi Sigzo, the love of not to steal all of the halachas of damages, are all included in that lav. The lav, like Sigzol, is an all-encompassing lav. All-encompassing. I would like to talk a little this morning about Gezela, but I want to talk about it in a different way than it's normally spoken about. And I want to begin, I spoke to a doctor this morning before Shir. I want to begin by saying a mushal. We're going to refer back to this mushal during Shir. We all know that you can cut the hide off of an animal with a very strong knife. We all know that there are knives that are used to cut different things that grow. Machetes, very strong knives, very thick knives. In Yiddish you say a grubber. Grubber. It's big, it's thick, it's coarse, but it gets the job done. In order to cut off hides from the meat of an animal, in order to cut down different types of vegetation that's growing, you need a thick knife, a strong knife, a machete. Then, obviously, there are smaller knives. There are knives that people use for eating at a table. Those are not the same knives as machetes. You cannot use a machete to cut uh, uh, to cut your vegetables while you're sitting at the table. It's not going to work. Not going to work. And then there are smaller knives. There are knives that are used to cut very delicate things and patterns of clothing, small knives, small scissors, very small. And then there are very small instruments. Some instruments are so small, an example, a needle to suture. Certain parts of the body are so small that they can cannot, can't be seen with the naked eye. The surgeon who's using them has to wear, attached to his glasses, some type of mechanism which gives him the ability to see more than he can see normally with the naked eye. So there are very sophisticated instruments for cutting. Very sophisticated. There are very thick instruments for cutting. Then there are thinner and smaller and thinner and smaller and thinner and smaller subtleties, subsubtleties, etc., 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 until we get these incredibly thin Instruments that are used for very delicate situations. Okay. I'm going to check in every once in a while. Is everybody with me? Somebody can demute themselves and tell me that you're all here. I would appreciate it. Star six. Somebody. Uh, okay. Very good. Good. I'm glad you're all here. Good. Baruch Hashem. Okay. So now. Let's continue. Once we know about these instruments, or these very sophisticated, very subtle, very fine instruments, I'd like to begin by saying the following. We all know gizela, stealing means, 
sticking somebody's sticking a hand into somebody else's pocket, going into somebody's house and taking something. That's gazela. It's called prusta gazela. That simple gazela. It's an act for which a person has consequences. He has to pay back what he stole. Sometimes he has to pay double the fine, depending upon what he stole. And there's a halacha that if somebody is a ganav, that person is puzzle for edus. If you pour, call a person up in front of a, the three, four, five hundred people at a chasana to become an aid kedushin, if that person is a ganav, the couple's not married. Frightening thing, the couple's not married. And we've spoken about this over the years. We've given many examples about stealing. All types of sub-subtleties and sub-sub-subtleties. Set over two famous examples that I use all the time. A person who rents a car. And the car, they don't do this too often, but sometimes they do. The car was told to only drive in a tri-state area. Or a person rents a car and pays his wife goes to the desk to rent the car. He goes to get the luggage in the airport. They meet later on. And his wife said, for you to drive the car would have cost another $10 a day. I decided I won't pay for you to drive the car. The man says, fine. And then he tells his wife to push, to slide over, and he's going to drive the car. And he drives the car. As he's driving that car, he's a ganav. If he drives the car to a chasana, and he's called out to be an aid kedushin. Could be a very serious question as to whether or not the couple is married. Another example is during Hanukkah, when people have said many times in Shul over the years that when you want to plan a vacation, you must plan with a Jewish calendar. Otherwise, you'll end up flying to Hong Kong on Tisha B'av, Chas v'shalom, which happened, or you make vacation plans and forget that it's Hanukkah. And then you have to resort to all types of jumps through hoops to be able to light the menorah. And sometimes people go to a hotel and they say to light the menorah in the hotel room despite the fact that an open flame is usher in a hotel room. It's usher. And if a person will light a menorah in a hotel room, says Rabbi Yashiv Zatzal, the person's a ganav. He's not in the midst of Ner Hanukkah. And the bracha he made is a bracha l'batala. You cannot steal. And using something which you don't have permission to use is stealing. That person might be postal for Eidos, and the person was not in the midst of Hanukkah, and the person said a brachalatol. That is a second level of gzela. It's not like sticking your hand in someone's pocket, but driving the car and using the hotel room is gzela. Then there's another type of gzela. There's gzela of a Gemara in Brachas. Kol, ha'oichel, b'loi bracha. If somebody eats any food without a bracha, he's a, he's a god of, the food doesn't belong to you. The food belongs to a Kaddish Baruch. It may belong to you vis-a-vis your friend, but it doesn't belong to you completely. It belongs to a Kaddish Baruch. If a person eats without a bracha, he's a god. Now you want to ask me if that person's puzzle for Eidos? I don't think so. I don't think so. He should not be an aid. A person who doesn't make bracha should not be an aid. A person who doesn't make a bracha is a gaza. Is a gaza. Is a gaza. Comes along Rav Dessler. And Rav Dessler says something 
which is really shocking. This is in Michtav Elio, the famous of Dessler, who died in the 1960s, early 1960s, I believe. And Rav Dessler says on page 85 in Chela Gimel of his incredible Sefer, everything that we have, every single thing that we have is a picodon, is something that God gave us. A picodon means something that someone else entrusted you with. And we are allowed to use it only according to the conditions of the giver of the object. Meaning, somebody goes to his neighbor and says, may I borrow your car? Neighbor says, gladly. So the person borrows the neighbor's car. He was given a car. He may use the car only on the conditions in which the neighbor gave the car to him. For instance, if he said to the neighbor, can I borrow your car? He says, fine. He says, you know, my 16-year-old just got his license. May he drive the car? Neighbor says, you know, I prefer not. I prefer not. Okay. Or the answer is no. The halacha that is, if the child drives the car, he's a goslin. He has no head to drive the car. Okay. So a person eats food, which belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, says the Gemara, and you eat it without a bracha, which is what you need in order to be able to eat the food that God gave you, or God gave us, says the Gemara, person eats without a bracha is a gas. Now let's say a person eats the food with a bracha. He makes a gavaldike bracha. She makes a gavaldike bracha with kavon out of a sitter, etc., whatever you want. And the person is eating in a restaurant. And before going to the restaurant, the person didn't eat for 12 hours because they want to go to that restaurant. They love the food in that restaurant and they want to get a rangeton. They want to be involved in that food to the nth degree. Geschmack, geschmack, geschmack. I don't know if this is correct. A festival is a celebration. One of the ways we celebrate a festival is by eating. Then there's something called a fest. When we know where people gorge themselves. I don't want to even give the adjective that prefaces the word fest. I'm wondering. I have no idea. Anybody wants to get back to me, you can tell me. Says of Dessler, if a person eats, you got to be cutting the food. The purpose of eating. Now, everybody say, we'll, we'll stay calm for a moment. I'm telling you a high level of Rav Dessler. The purpose of eating is why else do we eat? We eat in order to stay healthy. So we can function and do mitzvahs. But, and you're allowed to have hanaf in the food. On Yontav especially, on Shabbos especially, on Rishchidosh especially, and a Chassan especially, and a Sheva Brachas, and a Bris, and a, whatever it might be. But Mishpamish boy Lanos asked me that somebody's involved in the eating, gorging themselves for their own personal hanaf, the Mishpat Shamayim, in Shamayim, Harehu Gazlan. This person is considered a gazlan. What an unbelievable statement. What's the pshat? Hashem gave you food on his conditions. His condition is to eat the food with a bracha. And to eat the food to stay healthy. To eat the food for your own personal pleasure only. Only. 
I have no thought whatsoever of doing anything for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's a high madrega, high level, high level. This person now is a sub, sub-subtlety of a geneva. The knife's getting very thin now. We're talking about great sophistication. And you all know that very often in Adash Yashurin, things connect. One thing connects to the second thing. Things connect. In yesterday's Parsha, there's a Pusik. This Pusik pertains to women more than it pertains to men. It says in the Pusik that a woman, after childbirth, brings a carbon. Nowadays, of course, this is not done. A woman brings a carbon after birth of a son, after the birth of a daughter. She brings a carbon. It says in the Pusik, Tovi Keves Ben She brings a sheep. Uven Yona Osor And she brings either a Ben Yona, which is a dove, Otor, or a pigeon. It's a chatas. Now, this is a very unusual statement. The Balaturim says on this Pasik. Turim says on this Pasik an unbelievable thing. Turim was the son of the Rush, the same person that we mentioned beginning this year, the Tur. And it says in the Torah, Uven Yona Otor. Remember, please, Rabbi Sam just reminding everybody again, press star six anytime you'd like to to ask a question. Uven Yona Otor, especially if I'm not translating something that that needs translation. Please stop me. Anywhere in the Torah it says, Tor, Shnei Torim, O Shnei Bnei which happens to be two psukim after this. It says the same thing. The normal formulation of a carbon that is brought from birds, the Torah says, two pigeons or two doves. Here it says, one dove or one pigeon. Why the reverse of the order? Because when you only bring one, you do not bring a pair, you bring one. And, and, and a pigeon who loses its mate is Miss Abel, mourns, and does not mate with another pigeon. Listen to what happened here. A pigeon, different than a dove, a pigeon, when it loses its mate, will not make a relationship with another mate, and will be mesabah, will be in mourning. Says the Torah, says the tour, understanding of the Torah, why did the Torah say, get a ben yona otor? If you don't know, if you have to bring a carbon, the woman has to bring a carbon, she has a choice. She can bring a dove or a pigeon. And here the Torah mentions dove first. Everywhere else it mentions pigeons first. When you have a choice, it says either pigeons or doves. Here it says either a dove or a pigeon. Says the tour, since it's only one. So if you have a choice, go for the dove and not the pigeon. Because if you take the pigeon, you will cause pain to the other surviving pigeon. And the dove, you won't won't cause any pain because the dove does not have this issue, this internal issue of only being with one mate. Everybody say.
Let's stop and think for a moment. Who, which people in the entire history of the world ever had such sophistication of feeling for an animal? I'm not talking about Tzabalechayim, which only we have, which is innocent of ice or innocent of bottom. We've spoken about many times. I'm talking about what sensitivity that a dove is chosen first not to create tsar for the pigeon. If you can't find a dove, then you take a pigeon. Just in quotations for a moment, those people who have complained against Claudius show for centuries that Shkita is something which is painful and Shkita is something which is inhumane. We are the people who have been given we have the mandate to understand sensitivity more than anybody else. When God says to do it this way, we follow God. When God says to do it that way, we follow God. God told us where this sensitivity. Sensitivity for the feelings of a pigeon. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. The feelings of a pigeon. Okay, let's continue. A ganav is someone who steals something from someone. A ganav who uses something that he's not allowed to use. A ganav is someone who eats food without making a bracha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu can demand incredible levels from us. Okay, now there's one more level, Rabbi say. One more level. This is a level quoted again by Rav Desta. He says an unbelievable thing here, Rav Desta. Unbelievable. After saying a person is a ganav, for eating Shalom Hashem Shemayim, or taking advantage of that which HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us and using it not for the proper purposes. A man or a woman who has elevated themselves in the world of spirituality by learning Torah, by doing mitzvahs, by davening. That which a person accumulated in Ruchnius does not belong to the person completely. Why? It's also only a pikodon in his hand. And what should he do with this pikodon, this object that he has in his hand, or her hand? It should be used What does that mean? That means if a person developed themselves, developed themselves, forget the Gashmias, where they develop themselves that they have money, where they have a chiv to share that money, and they can't use that money to gorge themselves. They can't use that money for their own taiva. They can use that money to have a nice house and nice clothing and nice cars, etc. If, again, their ultimate purpose is to serve a Kaddish Baruch with those items. Then he says, if a person even has ruchnius, and he does not share the ruchnius with the people with whom he lives and interacts, if he's not ready to be a goimel chesed with the ruchnius that he acquired, and to give the ruchnius to people who need it, 
Hari b'mishpore elyon in shomayim gam hu gazlan. That's also gzeil. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The sophistication that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can demand from us. I don't know how many people listened last week when I gave Debrich Yisuk on the phone. I think it was Wednesday night. Between Aaron and Moshe and Parsha Shemini, the sophistication is incredible. The Lachas, we spoke about that day, everything was going on between Moshe and Aaron. On the eighth day, which was the first day of, of Parsha's Nisan, of Rechidish Nisan, first Pasuk, first Parsha and Parsha Shemini. Here HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, my wonderful children, Everything you have belongs to me. I gave it to you. I gave it to you. I gave you one thing. You decide what you were going to do with that which I gave you. You decide. Now we all know that taking something that you were not given, that you definitely can't do. That you definitely can't do. That the Torah says clearly looks like so. Taking something which belongs to Kaddish Baruch Hu without the conditions that were met, quote quotes, meaning without making a bracha, that's ksel. Taking that which a Kaddish Baruch Hu gave you, which you worked on to get, but a Kaddish Baruch Hu gave it to you, and that is greatness and spirituality, also has to be shared. It's unbelievable. Also has to be shared. With this in mind, I think you can now understand something. The Rabbeinu Yoyim, as we said earlier, says that all of the halachas of the Zik and all the halachas of damages are included in this incredible statement called Loisigzo. Listen to what the Chedushi Arim says, as quoted by his grandson, the Svarsemis. Ki kol Every single Avera is included in Gezel. Who's returning everything to God? He's of everything. At the end of the day, everything I have, I have to give back to Akonish Baruch in the same condition I received it. Says the Svasemes, in the name of his grandfather, if somebody can be cognizant of that, that can stop him from sinning also. This is not mine. This is Hashem's. And I was asked to shear. I was asked to shear. Awesome. I was asked to shear. As a result of that, I'd like to conclude by saying the Gemara says in Brachis, Kol Ha'oichel Poli Bracha Nase Kilu Goizel Le HaKadosh Baruch It's as though you stole to HaKadosh Baruch I believe it was Mr. Brad Olswein maybe 15 years ago when we were learning this Gemara asked why does it say what do you mean you're stealing to HaKadosh Baruch It should be HaKadosh Baruch You're stealing from HaKadosh Baruch We took this question all the way to Rebchaim Kenevsky, Shlita. We asked him the question. And he was quiet for 10 seconds. 
And the Gaboyim said it was unbelievably unusual for them to be quiet for 10 seconds. And then he said to us, which I at first did not understand, he said to us, it says, because you can't steal anything from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It can't be Me HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You can't take anything from HaKadosh Baruch Hu because HaKadosh Baruch Hu owns everything. So call out means like in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because you can't take anything from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu owns everything. Okay. Everybody say, this is a very sophisticated word. Very high-level word. We, Baruch Hashem, pride ourselves if we never steal anything, which is good, which is correct. We pride ourselves if we rent cars and rent motel rooms and do it up here, which is correct. We should pride ourselves. And don't do anything incorrectly. Baruch Ba'alibu is a tzaddik, besides being the great Rosh Yeshiva that he was, who died right at the onset of World War II. Baruch Ba'alibu who was in Chicago in the 30s, late 20s. He had a Talmud in Baltimore. The Talmud in Baltimore wanted to drive him around to help him collect money when he came to visit. Talmud opened up the car door for him to get in. And he didn't get in. He didn't go in. He didn't go in until the Talmud looks. Rebbe. Rebbe Bar says to him, is this your car? He says, no, it's a company car. Do you own the company? He said, no. I'm a shotif. Do you have permission to use the car? Now, nowadays, you know, 80, 90 years later, it sounds like a joke. But in those days, it was not a joke. Do you have permission to use the car for your own personal needs? He says, no. He says, let's take a cab. Very expensive in those days. They took a cab. Rabbi Say. What an incredible people we are. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes us to unbelievable heights. And, you know, it's possible, as I said, to use a machete and use it correctly, flay the animal and cut down the trees. That's a very good, solid level of not being a Ganav or a Gazan. Then there's a higher level with a much thinner type of instrument. That is making sure we make a bracha before we eat. Otherwise we're a Gazan. Then there's even a higher level. Of when we eat, trying to eat Lamana Bayre. Trying to eat Lamana Bayre. Highly sophisticated level. And then there's even a higher level. That what we have, we have to serve Klal Yisrael for the Bayre. Even in Ruchnius, not only in Gashmi. And all of this is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us to be such a highly sophisticated people. Don't use the pigeon if it's going to cause the pigeon tsar if you have a choice to use a dove. That's who we are. I might say it's six Shabbosos already. I miss everybody. And it's getting harder. It's getting harder on people. Understandably so. People with young children, people with older children, people with elderly Parents, it's hard. The matzav is hard. It's challenging. It's challenging. It's challenging. At the end of the day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was asking us, 
raise your level. Let's see what you can do. As I told people, as we said in the last three or four times that I spoke, we have an obligation to think, to think, what am I going to do differently after this situation is over? What an awesome concept. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu can ask anything of us, because we are His people, and we have incredible levels of sophistication in our Avedis Hashem. I'm scared, Rabbi, say, nobody's asking me any questions. Are you listening? <laughs> I can't see anybody. Good. Good. I thank you for telling me you're listening. So if anybody has a question, you can ask me. If you don't have a question, I'll say thank you and goodbye. Go ahead. Yes. Who's that? I, I didn't hear your name. I didn't hear your name. Yes. What's your name? Oh, how are you? How are you? Would you like to ask something? Yes, if you think of something that you did, it's a very good question. The question is, if somebody thinks of something that they did and what they did was incorrect, is there a way for them to correct it? Of course, tshuva always works. Sometimes a little more difficult how to do the tshuva, but a person can always do tshuva. Absolutely. Absolutely. Somebody, somebody, somebody met me on the street recently before this corona situation began. It was late at night, and he came over to me, and he handed me something in front of my house, and he said, this is money that I owe you that I never paid you from uh, uh, 15 years ago. Never too late to do tshuva. Never too late to do tshuva. Okay. Anything else, Rabbi Say. Who's speaking? Yeah, who's speaking? Who is this? Yes, how are you? Mrs. Arnett is speaking, yes. First one was Mrs. Edelson, now Mrs. Arnett. Go ahead. Yes, I have a few suggestions that I've been thinking about What, as far as what we can do towards the future. Um, some of them are very general, and practicalities may be called for. But some of the generalities are that we all see, I, I think perhaps the most blatant thing that we all see, is that um, you know we're not in shul. <laughs> we're not in shul. And, you know, and we definitely took shul for granted. And as a Kehillah, we've grown tremendously in our avodah, in our service, in our actions in Shul. And the question is, uh, you know, what could we do better? <laughs> what could we do better in Shul? That's one incredible impact that this situation has placed upon us. And that's, I would say, that's maybe we can come to Shul on time. Maybe we can make sure that when we're in Shul, we're focused. And, and all the other things that that entails. But, you know, really davening. Shul is a wonderful place to be, and it's wonderful to see people, but it's a wonderful place to meet God. That's what it's for. And that has to be our first focus. That's to be our first focus. 
And the second thing that many people feel is that there's been a great impact on family relationships. Some people have not been able to see, hug, touch their children or grandchildren. And some people have not been able to see, touch, hug their parents. And we don't know how much longer this is going to go for. And that also is something which we could take for granted. And now we see it's unbelievably impactful. So how do we work and think to better those relationships in general? Between ourselves and God. Between man and fellow man. Those are very serious things. Now, in the subsubtleties, it could be the davening, it could be benching, it could be learning, it could be any type of mitzvah. In the subsubtleties, it could be how I say hello, how often I call, am I nice, do I lend people things, do I smile at people, do I invite people over? All the things, do I say good Shabbos to everybody in shul, or I only say good Shabbos to the people I, I deem worthy of my good Shabbos. Whatever the situation is, that's what it means. Very serious. Very serious. And of course... Just because whenever we get out of this matzah, we're all going to say we're going to change. That's not so posh it. It doesn't happen instantaneously. It's not magic. People have to work on everything. Now's the time to think, to introspect, and to see what we can do as far as working. That's what I think these things are telling us. HaKadosh Baruch who wants from us. He wants, he wants what we can do. He doesn't want things we can't do, but what we can do is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes, anybody else? Okay, I think then I'm going to thank everybody, and we'll see when we uh, uh, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen this week about making new shiurim, and Bez Hashem uh, or not making new shiurim. I mean, taking the shiurim that we've always been giving and what we're going to do with them. So I'll I'll try to let everybody know through email. Right now, I'm thanking. Uh, um, I think it was Mrs. Laskoff, Mrs. Zimmerman, and Mrs. Arnett for uh, for getting together to uh, to bring uh, Pirkei Avos to start its 33rd year. I can't thank you enough. And we should uh, be zeicher to be matzliach. Zeicher matzliach. I'm sorry. I, 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 I know some people don't like to do it. I want to really ask everybody who's on the phone to tell me who's on the phone. But uh, anybody wants to give me a, a shout-out to who you are, I would greatly appreciate knowing who's on the phone. You're welcome, Mr. Zimmerman. Okay, I'm wishing everybody at Tzloch again. Call Tov and call me if you have any ideas of what shurim you would like to give. And if I can do it, I will gladly do it. Okay, take care, everybody. I'm... Who is that? Who is that? Very nice. Thank you. Okay. Call Tov, everybody. Take care, then. Bye-bye.